Welcome to Movie Film. This is episode 166, brought to you by Mr. Boy Productions. My name is Zachy Hassan, and I'm here with my partner, Brian Hall. Hey, how's it going, Zachy? What's up, partner? You know, I think it was the last episode. Didn't we mention that you and I get the spidey sense when it's time to start recording again? That is true. And so this morning, I think I was like, ooh, I got the itch. I gotta, I gotta, it takes Zachy. We gotta figure out a new date to record. And then I was like, oh, but I got to brush my teeth and head to work. And then so I didn't. And I drove to work. And as soon as I got to work, I, I got the thing from you. And you're like, hey, my thing's going off. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. Mine too. The, so the, uh, here we are. The, it's it's the darndest thing. But, but you know, I think I think when you work uh, with somebody long enough, you know, you, you, you sort of you adapt. You know, our, our cycles are in sync. That's it. Yes. Our periods are at the same time. It, yes. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It, it is. It really is. Uh, so, so what have you seen lately? <clears throat> yeah, so and that's the other thing too is, I mean, time has just flown because I I travel a little bit and and whatnot. But, You've been uh, like world traveler, Brian. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into that for the next thing. But uh, I that's, I couldn't that's the I action talk- figure you would be, Brian. It's like <laughs> you'd be world traveler, Brian. You know, like the Ninja Turtles after they started running out of like the basics. Yes, it was like <laughs> NBA Mike. Yeah, well, it would be world traveler. Raphael would have like one backpack crammed with everything he could fit in there, including another pair of shoes, because he decided to fly Spirit Airlines and they charge for everything. Uh, but the the ticket round trip was 118 bucks, so Raphael couldn't resist. That would be world world traveler Raphael. That, that's a very specific Raphael action figure. Yeah, one that I could relate to. Uh, <laughs> but no, I couldn't believe that I hadn't talked about this film yet. I saw Free Solo. The uh, it's a documentary it's actually nominated for best documentary at the oscars this year it is not the um, star wars story no <laughs> yes yeah no no the, uh that the, could be this, one yeah this is was the being successful held. movie with the word solo in the title <laughs> yeah yeah it's depressing <clears throat> yeah no this is uh really so the good. imdb summary says that uh, it follows alex honold honold i'm gonna say it wrong as he becomes the first person to ever free solo climb yosemite's three thousand feet high El Capitan wall with no ropes or safety gear. He completed arguably the greatest feat in rock climbing history. Uh, and I, this movie had been on my radar and uh, my brother had seen it and said, I would like it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll check that out when it's streaming or something or other. And uh, fortunately I was able to go see it on an IMAX screen. Uh, and oh my goodness. I mean, anyone listening, if you can catch this movie on the biggest screen possible, I highly recommend it. Hmm. It is just a really, really, um, not only thrilling ride. I mean, you do get to see these crazy feats of this guy. I mean, literally at moments he's climbing this rock with no ropes and he is only attached to this wall by half of his thumb and like his right foot. I mean, it's, it's, it's nail biting stuff, but at the same time, it's a really good film where you get to know this guy. Um, and you cap- capture him at this, uh, or they captured him at this really interesting moment in his life where he's deciding to do this amazing thing, but he also, he's a little socially awkward and he lives in a van and he's kind of off the grid a bit, but he meets this girl and it's like the beginning of his relationship with this girlfriend who's seemingly normal. <laughs> and so there's just a lot of change happening in his life as this really 
daunting challenges approaching, and it becomes just a really captivating story or character piece. Yeah, yeah. Let alone, you know, the uh, the whole climax where he actually scales this wall, and uh, and even knowing that he lives. I mean, I think it's safe to say he's doing the rounds now for you know award season and whatnot. Uh, it doesn't take anything away from it. I mean, you don't. I mean, you obviously you want him to live, but uh, it's <laughs> it's it's just squeezing your chair. And when it when it was over, uh, he was there, and I didn't know he was going to be there. And he just kind of ambled out and was like, "Hi," <laughs> with like a microphone, and the audience just you know jumped to their feet to applaud this guy. And uh, yeah, it just fills you with this sense of. I don't I don't know what what you would even call it but just seeing someone accomplish something that's so difficult there's just something so satisfying about it. Um yeah, so it's it's a really great cinematic experience and especially if you can catch it on a big screen I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, it's it's uh it's really uh, something to see. I I I don't know how I feel about him. <laughs> how so? Because he he came off a little insufferable at times. Yeah, he bordered on it for me. He never went over the edge. For like me I mean, he's, he's I doing can, something remarkable, it. no doubt. It's uh, at the very least. I don't know. Maybe it's you know, it's kind of like uh, uh, the you know, the man on a wire guy. Oh wow! Okay, okay. Yeah, he definitely didn't reach those peaks for me. Not not quite but, there, but I think yeah. maybe there's just something about being driven to do this stupid stuff like this yeah right makes you a little bit uh, you know in love with the smell of your own fart i you know what i think that's a really good point actually and and there's uh there's something to be said about that yeah also i'm the type of guy whether i'm watching a fictional story or i'm watching this where i think yeah but you could die and like (laughs) that's dumb that's right you know what i mean like you're not going to save anybody by doing this and you're not going to, you know, get some sort of, you know what I mean? Like no one lives, be- like it's not like cliffhanger and you got to go rescue someone. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is, if you died, it'd be your own fault and it would be kind of dumb. That's and, the, that you know, Brian, when you think about it, that's the interesting thing is that there's no greater gulf between glory and ignominy than this. Mm. Because... You climb up, you make it. You're like, what an amazing thing, right? You die. It's like, what a friggin' dumbass. Yeah, like, that's absolutely. It. And and I think because I am the type of person to lean toward that, like, well, that's stupid. Yeah. I think that the movie got me hmm. and that I was, I did want to stand up and cheer at the end. Like, I did appreciate the triumph of the accomplishment. Hmm. I think for me then the movie succeeded in making me f- see it the yeah. way they wanted me to see yeah. it. Yeah. No, I mean I agree. I th- I think it it is absolutely worth watching. I think it's a, it it is a uh gripping and uh really uh, engaging documentary. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't know how prominent it is, but even his arc as a human being, I think is there's traces of change. Hmm. As he goes along that I found kind of interesting and I wonder what he's like now. Sure. Um, especially, you know, with this girlfriend in his life and what that seems to like the cracks it has started to put in his sort of loner man in the woods act. Yeah. Uh, being forced to be turned into a human being who has to care about another human being. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I'd, I'd watch it again. 
See, now that you've watched Free Solo, you have to watch Star Trek V The Final Frontier, which starts with Captain James T. Kirk free climbing El Capitan. Get out of here, really? That's true. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's I should say, it's it's Captain James T. Kirk's stunt double free climbing <laughs> something. Right. And, then right. it's, and then it's William Shatner badly composited in front of like a backdrop, you know. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. The, 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 to be honest, the 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 first time I became familiar with the notion of a El Capitan as a mountain and b the concept of free climbing was the opening scene of Star Trek V. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, and they wow. say Star Trek does nothing to the world. Yeah. <laughs> it enhanced my knowledge of mountaineering techniques. Thank you very much. Yeah. Might have inspired this guy too. Who knows? Who knows? You never know. Yeah. Uh, what else, uh, Ryan? Well, and then uh, just I haven't had a lot of time to watch many things, but I did find time for this. You back when Creed Two was coming, uh, we were going to do the Rocky Four commentary, and you're like, Brian, you need to go through the whole Rocky series because I hadn't seen all of them. Yes, and uh, so I did, and I really, really enjoyed them. I'd seen one and four. I'd never seen two and three. Yes, and so went through those, and I stopped at five. And you're like, you should watch five, and I was like, yeah, I should. Oh, I'm I'm very but I curious now. I'm now, now this one, <laughs> this is a a a radioactive uh, uh, entry in the Rocky series. Well, so so real quick, I'll just say then when we watch when I was watching Creed two and like they were showing Philadelphia and you see the steps that Rocky goes up at the museum. It just in the middle of that movie, out of nowhere, I was like, I'm going there. I'm going to run up those steps. <laughs> I awesome. don't know why. I've never thought that before in my life. And uh, and so yeah, this past weekend I did. I flew out to Philadelphia because I uh, I was able to have the time and uh, and I'd never been to that city, so like I stayed at the perfect hotel. Everything was one mile away. I walked the entire weekend. And I went and saw you know Liberty Bell, Independence Hall, uh, got some good cheesesteaks, did the whole thing, and then I went and I ran up the Rocky Steps. Of course. And uh, it was amazing. Like when I got close to the museum i was wondering if i was going to look like an idiot <laughs> you know and and i would do it anyway but i was like oh you know i'll just be the goofy guy running up the steps but when you get there the whole time i was there i mean everybody every age every whatever like mothers with their kids everybody was running up these steps the whole time isn't that amazing it was moving huh. actually it was just really cool seeing all these different people laughing and looking you you know you look at these people you were looking at each other we're all there for the same reason you know and to Mm. just do this fun sort of thing it's amazing to uh, me that sylvester stallone gave that to the world yeah yeah that's i was telling my brother about it that's what he said he was like he added a new thing to a city right (laughs) you know and what that must feel like and his statue is still there from the films (laughs) um it's not at the top it's like to um, the side, right? It's to the side, yeah. yeah. But it's—I mean, there was a whole line for people taking pictures with it. Hmm. Um, so it was—it was a really incredible trip. But um, anyway, so then I came back and I was all like, "Ah, oh, well, I gotta—I gotta finish these movies." So <laughs> I watched five, which I had literally not seen since the theater in 1990. Amazing. Um, I just knew it, it had a reputation, and I remember not being crazy about it. And I—I I gotta say, I didn't think it was that bad, right? And, and I know you've said that, so I, I am echoing you. <laughs> Um, I think the only thing is, I think it sort of falls apart in the last 20 minutes. Yes. And and the reason being, the hard, we've said this already, but the hardest thing about a Rocky movie is giving him a reason to fight. Because you give him an obstacle, and at some point it's it's like health. And it right. goes back to what we were talking about with mountain climbing. And you're like, well, if you're going to die, then don't fight. Then don't, yeah. 
you know, so it's it's hard to keep manufacturing these stories when you have these limitations that you've introduced in earlier movies. And in this one, it's literally like you have brain trauma. Don't right. fight anymore. And so the 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 fight at the end, which is a street fight between him and this guy he's sort of mentoring, it sort of feels like it happens because it has to happen. Hmm. And I couldn't get behind the reasons of it. Like it felt like in real life, the real sort of manly thing, strong thing to do would have been to have walked away from this jackass. <laughs> yeah, but he punched Polly. I mean, come on. That's true. And and you you get I mean you 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 have to get into it cuz you you care about the film and whatever. But I think that was the only thing. Otherwise, I thought the story was like pretty down to earth. I mean, like what happens to the guy who has everything who loses everything? Here, so here's the problem. Here, here's yeah. here the the fundamental problem with Rocky 5 is really not so much Rocky 5, but Rocky 4. And I say this because the end of Rocky 4 gives him such a high degree of success right where he has now basically brought about glasnost that to then be like and now he's back and oh he lost everything and it's like well this guy is like the most famous athlete on earth have him sign autographs for an afternoon yes have put his name on a on a barbecue no that is, that is absolutely yeah they, i mean it's the whole the, it's kind of funny the scene how it happens too where they're like it's uh, Adrian and Polly just, you know, he's like, I lost everything. I'm sorry. You know, and they're like, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> just just an excuse to get him back. I, I will say this. Uh, the scene when when Rocky goes back to the old gym and he sees Burgess Meredith. in the Yeah. Uh, dude, every single time I am misty eyed at the end of that scene. Yeah. No, I, I feel like there's a lot that works. And even with this kid, you know, you have this kid yeah. that comes from privilege yeah. who's forced to go to this school where, you know, the kids don't respect him. I, it, there's like some good drama in there. There is, you know, the, the scene um, after Tommy comes to the Christmas party and then he leaves and it's Rocky and Adrian uh, in the street. And it's like right in yes. front of Rocky's old apartment. Yeah. And, and he's like, you know, I didn't want this. You know, it's a nice. It's, and she's like, you're losing your family. It's a nice. It's a nice moment. It works. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, and and, and then after that, oh, go go ahead. Sorry, I, no, I, I go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say then, you know, I capped it off with Rocky Balboa, which of course I have seen and I loved, and I loved again, and I really gotta thank you because I, I, I liked one, I liked four, but this is like a series that I really embraced this time. I really feel like uh, this is one that I will probably revisit the whole makes thing. Me happy. Yeah, like I really fell in love with this universe and. It's really consistent, and in Rocky Balboa's things get sort of wrapped up. I mean, Creed movies notwithstanding, um, there's just so many little touches that are yeah. benefited from watching the previous films from history. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little gift, you know, this yeah. little bow on top of the whole package, and uh, you know, even that little Marie is like a main character in it, who I yeah. probably didn't, I probably didn't even remember that when I saw it the first time. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, it was it was really really great. I really enjoyed it, and I'm I'm glad you you pushed it on me. That that makes me happy. And, yeah, and, and I think I've said this on the show before. I can't remember, but I, I really want now now that we, Creed has established this new franchise potential of former Rocky foes and their offspring. I want the story about Tommy Gunn Jr. and it'll be called <laughs> Son of a Gun. <laughs> Creed Three, Son of a Gun. I need that to happen. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I am all in. I hope they keep making these. <laughs> and he's got to have the mullet. Got to keep the mullet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, wow. Well, uh, uh, moving on. Uh, uh, we do have a couple of headlines to cover, but uh, maybe we can take a little break and then we'll come back and do the headlines. Sure, sure, sure. And we're back. And Brian, you know, the last time we talked, I, I made, I don't even know if it was a prediction. I just, I made a statement. I said, I'm not sensing a lot of anticipation for the Lego movie too. Mm. Right. Sure. Remember I had just seen it. It had not come out yet. And I was like, I'm curious, you know, and it's weird because to set the context here, the, when the first Lego movie came out five years ago, it was like a phenomenon. Yeah. I had mentioned, I saw it with a theater full of adults. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, every sort of age group was enjoying this movie. Yeah. And, and so they, they came out, you know, the year later with, with, um, you know, the, the Batman Lego Batman mm-hmm. movie. And then, and then, and then that did well. And then the Ninjago Lego Ninjago movie came out and that didn't do so well. And maybe that was like the chink in the armor Lego movie two comes out. I think everyone was sort of expecting it to do well and it didn't do well at all. I wonder why. Well, I, that's I mean, people thing. love the first one so much. I, I don't. I don't know why. But that said, I haven't seen it, and I, I saw mean, the first well, one. Well, that's the thing. So. I mean, after two weekends, it still hasn't matched the opening weekend of the first Lego Movie. Wow. Right. Hmm. So that's kind. Of, I mean, it, you know, honestly, I think I it, it's a shame because I I think the movie's pretty good. Yeah. I, you know, I said last time. I don't think it, I, I I think what I said is it's not it's not like a paradigm shift like last time because well, how can it be? Mm-hmm. But it was fun. Uh, but I think, I think to me anyway, this is, there's a broader narrative here that this year I think is going to be pretty rough at the box office. Hmm. Why you say that? Cause people are making choices. Hmm. Because, because the notion of a pre-sold title is not the case anymore. Right. I mean, this should have been a slam dunk. I mean, everybody liked the first Lego movie. Everything was awesome, Brian. <laughs> Everything was awesome. Yeah, until it wasn't. Yeah, and then the team broke up. Yeah, I mean, th- look at this. It, it, uh, uh, the Lego Movie 2 had one of the lowest openings in the cartoon series, ahead of just 2017 spinoff Lego Ninjago Movie. Hmm. So, so it dropped by a substantial margin, and I, th- I think, I think, I think Warner Brothers may have killed the golden goose here. How so? I mean. You know, the, the they 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 uh, uh, they wasted the gimmick. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, like this is, the, you know what this is. This is like Star Wars to some extent. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, the first thing that came to mind. Right? It, where I, I think to some, I was I was actually just talking about this with my brother-in-law yesterday. I was like, everyone's trying to do Marvel, and I think at this point we just have to acknowledge that Marvel is like a lightning in a bottle type of situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because because I think you can draw a parallel with Star Wars, where you say four movies in four years, right? Yep. But they're not different enough. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's just Star Wars. It's all Star Wars. Yes. You switch the label. It's all Star Wars. And I think that's the thing with these Lego movies, right? We got uh, four movies in four years, five mm-hmm. years, and well, they're all. I mean, you can call it whatever. It's all just Legos. They're all Legos talking to each other. Right, and like a quirky sense of humor yeah yeah the, the, exactly it's a, the sense of humor whereas like you you look at mcu movies and it's like well you're not going to confuse thor ragnarok with you know ant-man the wasp or whatever you know i mean they're they're that's yeah that's true you know i mean so, so i think 
that's sort of like this notion of like a pre-sold title. Well, I think that presumption that these things are pre-sold is, is very, uh, I didn't say presumptuous, but I just said presumption. So it's, it's arrogant. <laughs> Let's just say arrogant, Brian. Yeah. Uh, well, gonna have to, that's a bummer because this was a, it's hard enough to land an IP or an idea or a movie or whatever that everybody loves. Yeah. So when you have already ruined it before the second one comes out, that's a bummer. That is, that's a shame. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy to me that that basically from movie one to the sequel, they squandered the goodwill. Yeah. Hmm. And and I mean, it's I mean, I I I liked the the Ninjago movie. I didn't think it was that bad. So you know, I, I think I'm pretty sure if you go back in our archives. I, I was like one of the rare people who was like, ah, oh, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, I know nothing. That's the that's the lesson here. No, no, like what you like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think that, uh, you know, we got like How to Train Your Dragon Part 3 coming next mm-hmm. week or week after, whatever it is. I'm very curious because that one mm. came out also five years ago. The last one? Oh, yeah. yeah it it like, feels like, yeah, something that I remember from even further back than that. That came out around the same time as as um, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, so that would have been 2014, mm. right? So five years is a long time. I mean, I mean, clearly the 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 Pixar notion of like we'll just put these out whenever we feel like it and people will show up. That's not the norm. No, I mean, I know How to Train Your Dragon. People like them. Yeah. I think they're good. I've, seen, I've only seen the first one, which I did really like. Second one is excellent. You should watch it. Oh, yeah, well then, but, but uh, yeah, something about the Pixar one, I don't know how they did it, but, like, they keep making these characters that feel like they've always been there. Yes. You know, with the Toy Stories and the Monsters, Inks, and so I, I don't know what that magic is, but that's, somehow they get away with it. Yeah, they can put them out whenever they want. Yeah, so, so I'm, you know, I I think, my my sense is that this year, if you're any studio other than Disney, it's going to be kind of a bloodbath. Man, I am so curious. Yeah, right. the, to look back on this year, and I mean, this has pr- got to be a record-setting year for Disney. Yeah, well, and and I think Disney's going to take some casualties this year too. Sure, 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 yeah. sure. I'm actually very curious about Aladdin. Do we have we talked about this yet? Uh, well, we, on the show, I mean, n- not about the new trailer that just dropped. Okay, where we actually see Genie. We see Genie, and 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 that's obviously what everyone was waiting for. And it's very funny, Brian, because cause, so they they showed the was it during the Super Bowl? I don't yes. recall. Yeah, it was during was the it? Super Bowl. Okay. And and so I I was watching the 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 new Aladdin trailer, and it's basically like sixty seconds of of you know a bunch of hugger mugger, and then at the very end, you know, Will Smith as a genie shows up, and I'm watching it with uh, my kids, my and my ten year old, you know him, my second. We get to the point, and and completely unprompted, he's like. No, <laughs> really? <laughs> he was terrified. It's an adjustment. I, I mean, that's one of those things where if you're working on the film, you know, look, everyone's gonna have an immediate reaction to this thing, but that we just gotta know, the or you gotta hope that in one year's reaction. time, everyone gets used to it and it becomes, you know, <laughs> everyone. It's like it was always there. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. It's gonna take a, an adjustment period. I think. Yeah, I mean, for it, many people. It, it looks like, uh, it looks like a like an Instagram filter. 
It does. Yes. Yeah. It looks like some Photoshop a guy in Reddit made. Like, wouldn't it be funny if Will Smith played the genie mm-hmm. in Aladdin? Uh, I think I first saw it on your like Facebook or something, and yeah. I didn't know if it was real or not. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's it takes an adjustment with the eyes, but we'll see. Yeah, that one I I'm having a harder time. Like Lion King, I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah, but uh, Aladdin, maybe because what we've seen so far just looks like a stunt show recreation of shot for shot for the movie. Not, that actually that sounds a lot meaner than I meant. Not stunt show, but you <laughs> no, know what but, I mean. Like it just looks like a, a shot for shot, like a psycho remake of the uh, animated movie. Yes. So it's like, well, what are we doing? Making <laughs> you know? money if you're Disney. One hopes. Yeah, they and hope. maybe that's wise too, as we haven't seen anything other than what we're familiar with. That's probably calculated. So yeah. Well, and and I mean, this is just the the central problem with these Disney live action remakes is like you're boxed in by what the brand is. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're Disney's Aladdin, it can only go in a few directions. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. The same issue with with Disney's Beauty and the Beast, and and I think it's what's interesting to me is that the expectations are different based on the title. Hmm. Because because I don't think anyone is expecting Dumbo to be like a one to one translation of the animated one. Yeah. And yeah. it's clearly not based on the trailer. Yeah, and that well, <clears throat> that movie, if I remember right, I think is just over an hour. The anime, the yeah, it is. It's like sixty. So I mean, yeah, probably needs to be built out a little uh-huh. bit. But uh, yeah, Aladdin's like damn near perfect. So it's yeah, kinda... that's the that's the thing. So so again, I'm looking at my kids' reaction, and and again, I, I just bust out laughing because it was it was it wasn't <laughs> uh, you know a pre planned. It was completely spontaneous. <laughs> that was just his genuine reaction. He's like, no! <laughs> <laughs> and he knows who Will Smith is, so, so he's like, what the hell am I seeing here, you know? Oh, man. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see. It, uh, it, I'm, I'm, my sense is that Lego Movie 2 portents a box office bloodbath this summer, so let's see what happens. Yeah, let's see. You know, uh, now last time we were talking about how how Ben Affleck has abandoned the Belfry. He is no longer going to play Batman. Yeah, yeah. I wonder someday when he writes his book, I'd love to hear his thoughts on that. You know, I, I well, we saw him on uh, Jimmy Kimmel where he where he retired the cowl, mm-hmm. and and I'll tell you that there was an extra kind of swing in his step a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. If if you're if you're Ben Affleck, you're kind of I mean I hate to say it, but like yeah, you, you're kind of happy to not have to play this role anymore. See, and that's when he even when he signed on, I thought, why is he doing this? Hmm. He doesn't need it. He's also you know a director these days. Like his slate is so full. Like what did what did he want out of this? Do you think um, he damaged his brand by his revived brand by by doing it? From where I'm standing, no. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. Do you? I mean, well, only in the sense that he kind of got pulled back into the blockbuster, uh, you know, roller derby, which he had effectively yeah. distanced himself from. Or motorball, if you will. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Very nice. That's, that's what's called a plant. We'll come back to that later. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like he... It's you know I mean he said it right it, like I wish more than anything that this could have been 
the happy ending of him being like, I said I was never going to do another comic book character, but mm. then they came to me with this, and oh, what a difference it made. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, I think he's fine. Like, he's going to make his next drama, his next The Town or whatever, and yeah. people will like it or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I was just, I'm just curious. I mean, maybe he made it for his kids, or maybe it was like a childhood fulfillment. I mean, I, th- I I think my understanding, and I, and I could be wrong about this, and folks, for those of you who know more, maybe, you know, feel free to correct me. Uh, it, you know, Zack Snyder came to him with a specific arc for Batman. And so that arc would have carried through X number of movies, and it would have culminated in a conclusion of some kind. Okay. Uh, and from what I've read that, you know, Batfleck would have died or something. There would have been like a heroic sacrifice or something, some kind of ending. You know, it's kind of interesting. This is a little bit of a tangent, but did you see that video this week or last week where Will Smith talked about why he didn't take the part of Neo in the Matrix? I did see that. Yeah. It's really fascinating because he says, long story short is he goes, well, I mean, we know what it is now, right? and it's it's brilliant, and the Wachowskis are brilliant. But when I was in that meeting, there's these two guys with their hats on backwards, and they're like, all right, so like, if you could jump up in the air and kick and stay there, <laughs> and then we're going to you know build this camera thing that's going to swing around you, and then, and then you kick the guy. You know, so, <laughs> and he was basically saying, you know, I, did, I didn't see the movie that we got. Like, I just was hearing a lot about, like, technology and all these physics and things like that. So he was saying the pitch is why he decided not to do the movie. Right. Um, and then he also says, you know, it would have been a different film and he's glad it worked out the way it did. But it makes me wonder with Ben Affleck then, Snyder must have given him a hell of a pitch. My understanding right? is he did, yeah. Yeah, So that, but then it's like you get these movies that I don't feel like I know anything about that guy, <laughs> that version of Bruce Wayne. Like I yeah. couldn't tell you what makes him different than the others. Um, so, you know, so it's, it's, uh, maybe he did hear like this amazing arc, but I don't feel like we even came close to seeing it. I mean, I mean, the one thing you can say about Zack Snyder is that he, I mean, he, I mean, we've already talked about his, his, uh, his eye, you know, and the way he composes yeah. images, but not just that he, he, uh, commands loyalty from the people who work with him. I mean, they have nothing but good things to say about him. Yeah. And so I have to imagine that. As you're Ben Affleck and you sign on because of this one guy's vision and then you see that guy just sort of getting kicked around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then sidelined and completely shut out, right? Yeah. And then, so that's like discouraging, right? And then on top of that, there's the, the whole separate thing where Warner Brothers is like up your ass to make the Batman movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget about that. He forgot about a whole script yeah. that didn't go anywhere. Exactly right. I mean, I'd love to read that. Right? You know, uh, so 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 there's probably all these factors where he's he's sitting there and he's like, why do I want? Why do I need this again? Why? Do, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. I I'm uh, I I had done everything to distance myself from sort of the blockbuster rigmarole, and then here I am back in it. Yeah, that's a good point because it, I mean, it could have gone well. Think of like how uh, to our eye effortlessly the uh, Nolan trilogy unfolded. Yeah. It's like, he's like, I made one and I'm going to make a film for myself and then I'm going to make two. And the, you know, it just seemed like Chris, is that you? Yeah. 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 And they just, they just rolled out. Right. Yeah. And then this, yeah, it became, yeah. You're messy. real. Like it's, it's almost, 
and I'm just spitballing here, but it's almost like, in a way, Christopher Nolan, by virtue of what he accomplished with the Dark Knight trilogy, made made things harder for Zack Snyder. Yeah, sure. I mean, following that up. Yeah, because because Nolan Nolan was coming in and Batman was a dead franchise, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of like, well, how how much worse can it get, mm-hmm. right? And then he turns it into he he generates two billion dollar grocers, and then now here's Zack Snyder expected to to pick up the the slack there. I mean, I don't envy the guy, you know. No, not at all. So it's I mean the the whole the whole thing is is kind of you know. The, every, the the again you know we're we're talking about like the 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 behind the scenes stuff i want to i want the unvarnished behind the scenes story of of uh, you know everything leading up to to justice league you know yeah yeah because 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 everybody's going to have their story yeah <laughs> you know maybe uh, in 15 years or something we'll get the oral history yeah you know or or the crowdfunded documentary Yep, exactly. <laughs> but regardless, obviously, uh, uh, Ben Affleck is gone, and so now uh, it, nature abhors a vacuum, so the casting derby has begun. And and I only bring this up because last time I, I, I put it right on Front Street, I said, I'm, I want I want what George Miller wanted. I want Army Hammer to be mm-hmm. the next Batman. And, and while we don't have anything close to uh, 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 official confirmation or anything like that, there was a story that briefly lit up the internets yesterday, and this is courtesy of Revenge of the Fans, uh, which is run by a friend of mine, Mario Robles, who broke huh. the story that Army Hammer is in final negotiations to play Batman in Matt Reeves' Batman uh, film. That story was quickly denied by most of the people involved, including Army Hammer. Mm-hmm. However, hmm. I only bring this up here partly because, uh, Brian, my ego is involved now. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is that this story broke, and, and, and I'm like, hey, I just want to say, I was like right out ahead of this, and I like my, my tweet from like three weeks ago, and mm-hmm. one of our listeners, Matty Feck, he's like, yeah, here, r- real, you know, uh, you know, don't quit your j- day job, Kreskin, you know, because that's, <laughs> that's like predicting the Patriots are going to, you know, uh, right. be in the Super Bowl. And I'm like, listen, you... <laughs> Shut up. But but Maddie's right. Obviously, Army Hammer has been on most people's lists. He's just kind of he fits the rough physicality that you would uh, uh, you know envision in the role. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Mario is standing by what he said. He's like, it might take a while, but I am confident in my sources. So that's number one. Uh, number two, I have it from other people who I don't feel comfortable revealing their names, but. Uh, they are saying that it's leaning towards Army Hammer. It's looking like that will probably happen. Not to say it's a sure thing, but this this is not happening in a vacuum. Meaning, they're two separate, mm-hmm. unconnected things. Hmm. Uh, so, so this is like a developing story. That's my point. Well, I I can't wait. I can't wait to see. Uh, you know, with the Snyder thing, like there were things i didn't like and there are things i did like sure. you know so it was sort of like a mixed bag for me but i do anticipate uh, a new vision for batman so i mean you know it's like it's it's really interesting because i mean i obviously i i spend more time on twitter than you do and i see there's there is you know in the wake of ben affleck leaving and you know uh the, i think even Zack snyder posted something on vero like there there were perfect things or whatever you know that quote from the beginning of batman versus superman like morning affleck mm-hmm. leaving mm-hmm. People, and there's like this sort of self-flagellation going on. 
uh, among the fans. And 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 just to be clear, I'm not mocking fans for being sad about it. I no, can't. no, not at all. However, I you know I'm kind of like, guys, this is Batman. Like we have had half a dozen Batman just in our lifetimes. Like in ours, yeah. Knows these people who are all upset. Yeah, uh, but but it's I mean even if even if Affleck is like your guy, fair enough, right? Like you know the history, you know that whoever puts the cowl on, pretty much you start the egg timer right then for when they got to take it off. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true, that's true. Right? I mean, I mean, Michael Keaton got two. Mm-hmm. So by that math, hey, Ben Affleck lapped him, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my third Michael Keaton Batman movie. Oh, dude, all about it. I need that to happen. I don't care how they do it. And and we're like, this is the Wild West of DC movies where they're just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joker with no Batman, whatevs. I'm like, do, do it. Figure it out. Yeah. Right? That'd be incredible. That would be awesome. But but anyway, my point is, it's like, well, maybe it's just because we're like grumpy grandpas, but I'm just like, well, you knew it was going to happen. If not now, then later. Yeah. So you just, you know, you got to know these characters are bigger than any one interpretation. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the point. I mean, it's that's just how it is. And, you know, uh, it doesn't matter whether we're talking about Superman or Batman, any of these characters. It's just that, you know, Henry Cavill, you know, we don't know if he'll be back or not. But we know eventually somebody else is going to be wearing that cape. It's not like Henry Cavill is the last word on that character. Yeah. That reminds me, by the way, did you see there was that thing going around for James Gunn's Suicide Squad 2 where they're like, yeah, Harley Quinn's not going to be in it. I saw that, yeah. And I was like looking at my watch waiting for that to not <laughs> to, to be disproven. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then like literally this article, like, no, 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 she's going to be in it. I was like, yeah, there it is. <laughs> like, that's like the one character you got to have. <laughs> no brainer, right? Yeah. It's Obviously, right. That's really funny. I did see that, yeah. Uh, so anyway, Army Hammer, it's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, we'll see. I'm I'm hopeful, though. Yeah, no, see, I, I can't wait. I'm very curious. Matt Reeves. I mean, he's a guy that I like, uh, but I still can't picture what his version is going to be quite yet. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I like his movies, but I'm not entirely sure what his voice is. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I, I anticipate it because I think he's a he's a gifted filmmaker. So I'm curious what it's going to look like. I think what I have said, what I would like to see, and I don't know if this is Reeves' agenda, but I want something that is that is Nolan plus one. Like yeah, oh that yes yes right? I know exactly what you're saying. Right. I so, completely am on board with that too. So, so you know, uh, in other words, it's grounded with just enough room for something fanciful. Yep. You know, I don't need uh, demons and you know cave trolls and whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it, you know, it should be something that ha- that can encompass sort of Batman's rogues gallery in a way that's not. Oh, this is like the stripped down, super hyper realistic version. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. some so, something like the animated series, to be honest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, so that, that's, uh, and, and that comes out next, next year, right? 2020. I think so. And yeah. And something that doesn't look completely gray and washed out, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> well, and, and honestly, I mean, it, all I need to know is that Matt Reeves wants it to be a detective story. Yes. That's pretty done. cool. Sign me up. We've never yep. done that in a movie. Yep. Not fully. Anyway. I mean, I guess we kind of did D- dark Knight a little bit. Yeah. They tease it a little bit. Yeah. 
Uh, here's another big movie coming out next year that uh, I, I am extremely excited for. I'm actually very curious what you might think about this. This is this is Denis Villeneuve's uh, Dune. Yeah, you know, this is... Uh, I, I've never seen Dune. I've never read Dune. I just know that it's beloved by a lot of uh, sci-fi fans. Right. What are you, what are you doing, Brian? <laughs> um, I can't think of another response involving the word <laughs> "doom" fast enough. But uh, yeah, no, I, I I loved what he did with Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, so whatever this is, I'm already anticipating. To me, it. to me, Villeneuve is like Nolan for me. Yeah, where yeah, he has a movie he wants to to make. I I don't even know what it is. I'll watch it. Yes, agreed. So, so now it just so happens that Dune is one of my favorite books of all time. Ah, see, that's cool. Yeah, I, I, I don't have it up there kicking around. So I, I, you know, I don't know what to anticipate. I just know to anticipate something exciting. Yeah, it's well, it's it's uh, so so the David Lynch movie in 1984 is sort of this <clears throat> revered cult artifact, and it is a fascinating mess. Right, like Sting's in it, right? Sting is in it. He wears like a metal the the cod piece thing uh for big chunks chunks of it yeah and he also wears it in the movies that's true that's also yeah. true yes uh but it's funny because 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 that movie had a very impressive cast for that era sure so for one thing Kyle MacLachlan who like that was like his first movie mhm that's like the first thing he ever did lifelong uh relationship with David Lynch huh? i know so so say what you want about whether that movie uh, helped or hurt his career. It certainly gave him, you know, gave us Agent Cooper. Uh, exactly right. Yeah. Um, but not just that. You got Patrick Stewart in there, and, ah. and, and, and Dean, Dean Stockwell, and uh, uh, Jurgen Prochnow, and like all these like really familiar faces, you know. Hmm. And the you know the the intent back then that was that was produced by Dino De Laurentiis, who I think I've said on this show uh, wiped his ass with. Uh, much cinema in the 1980s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, but they wanted that to be like a Star Wars competitor. Sure. And Dune is just, that's just not what Dune is. Right. Uh, you know, but however, I mean, I, I read the book when I was in college and I, you know, I first saw the film, so that fostered my awareness. And I read, I've read the book twice now. I love it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Maybe I should uh, check it out. It's, it's, you know, I mean, it is your, you know, it's your your Messiah story, right? So it's the Matrix. It's kind of it's doing a lot of the same tropes that are mm-hmm. familiar ground, but I mean, it 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 is effective at doing what it does. Uh, so when I heard Villanueva was doing it, I'm like, sign me up. And then you mm-hmm. look at this cast that he's put together, and it's like, holy moly, right? Because it's like for the last two weeks, it's been like every day there's like a new mm-hmm. person signing on, right? So so uh, Timothy Chalamet plays plays Paul who's the main character. And I actually, you know, I I met him this past fall. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I was like, dude, tell me about Dune. And he's like, I can't tell you. And I'm like, well, F you then. No. <laughs> you just splash your drink on him and yeah, walk away. I just walked away. No, I, I actually asked him, I was like, is it gonna be one movie or two movies? And he's like, I can't tell you that. Yeah. And I'm like, so it's gonna be two then, you know, like obviously. <laughs> right. right. Subtle. Um, but he's he's playing the main role. But look at this cast. We got Jason Momoa, Rebecca Ferguson, Josh Brolin, Oscar Isaac, Dave Batista, Javier Bardem, Stellan Skarsgård. Holy cow! <laughs> right, Zendaya. Yeah. 
uh, Charlotte Rampling. I mean, this is like a crazy cast. And I'm like, man, that says something about Villeneuve's ability to like get people to line up behind whatever he wants to do. And you got to wonder, too. I mean, do you think this movie is ever destined to be one of the highest grossing movies of the year? No, I, I, I feel, unfortunately, like this is destined to not be a hit at all. Yeah, even exactly. though it will probably cost a gargantuan amount of money. Yeah, I mean they're spending close to two hundred million, I believe, on it. Which, yeah. like the, I mean the the scope, that kind of scope is required by the subject matter. But I'm just like, again, we've been down this road with Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, I feel like it's aimed at that same audience. The audience that will not watch it. Well, or <laughs> or the non. I mean, Blade audience. Runner. I don't think Blade Runner is a very wide audience. Yeah, you know, like so, that movie. My parents are never going to go watch Blade Runner <laughs> or like the sequel to Blade. You know what I mean? Like they will go see some big, like you know, Marvel film or something during yeah. the summer. Like it's it's going to have its audience, but it's not ever going to be a large one. Yeah. See, um, I mean, this is this is it's like I mean, every day I see more people lining up, and I'm like, I'm so excited, and I'm also like, Ugh, I don't want this movie to flop. <laughs> You know? Oh, yeah, 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 totally. I just don't know how you sell it. I mean, it's just, it's not a mainstream type of thing. It's just, I don't see how it's going to play, you know? Yeah. Well, I hope it makes, uh, even if it doesn't make everyone, you know, buy yachts, like, I do hope that it makes enough to, to cover everything and that they are encouraged to keep making movies like this for, that don't have to be for everybody, everybody. Right. No, we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Uh, speaking of movies that uh, do not have to be for everybody, everybody, uh, we were talking about that Pirates of the Caribbean reboot. A few yeah, this is ago. great. They got the Deadpool writers, I heard. Well, hold on. <laughs> not so fast. <laughs> Did you like that? <laughs> That's nice. I like it. It's, it's good. And scene. <laughs> so yeah, I've been saying all along that this is just a f- stupid idea anyway. Disney yeah. wants to reboot Pirates of the Caribbean without uh, Jack Sparrow. Right. So they want they want to. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know. Like, is the intention to just start over from scratch, or to be like, oh, here's what's going on, like over there? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I feel we. Yeah, I think we talked about this, but I mean, he is those movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and we talked about he kind of exhausted the character as they tried to make what is sort of a fun side character who adds flavor to the proceedings into the main character. It got a bit exhausting, but I don't know how you do these specific movies without that guy. I think, I mean, it, and, and again, I'm, I'm not even remotely like a pirates fanatic. So take this for what it is, but it seems like you, you got five, you should take the win and, mm-hmm. and, and just call it a day. Maybe sit on it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know what's weird, Brian is like, I feel like we're we're in an age where we no longer conclude stories anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Uh, I you know what I didn't even think about w- what you meant, but now yes, you're right. Like I mean, they kept trying to push these pirates movies, so there was no end in sight. Yeah, they, they become sort of episodic. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, you, uh, Pirates 3 ends and it brings the story to some kind of conclusion. Yes, yeah. 
And and I think about that now, and I'm like, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with just having the ending? You know, we if Back to the Future were made today, it would not be allowed to end the way the third one ends. Right, right. You know, you would need that post-credit scene where, like, the DeLorean is still active somehow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a cut to the flux capacitor flickering on the train tracks. Exactly, right? Yeah. And, 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 you know, to me, the value of Back to the Future just using that as an example is that it is a it is it's a finite thing that exists like this little emerald mhm it's mm-hmm. this little perfect thing mhm you know yeah well i mean like we were saying with the lego thing it's hard enough to find something that works and when it does i mean you got to squeeze it till nothing else comes out yeah, I mean it. It you know, I mean we're we're gonna be talking about Star Wars in just a second. I mean to me, to me, Star Wars is just endemic of this problem. Yeah, yeah, they went too hard, too too quickly. Yeah, and uh, burned burn everyone out on it. Well, with that in mind, uh, the, while the the pirates reboot, so so so, um, uh, this is Rhett Reese and and Brett Brett uh, Warnick, right? Or Paul. Paul Wernick, sorry, Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick. So, so you'd think that Disney's like, well, it's the Deadpool guys. Obviously, we gotta have. Mm-hmm. So, do we know why they they left? Uh, no, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I'm assuming it's the old chestnut uh, creative differences. Creative differences, yep. Even though they do feel like that sort of crazy Bugs Bunny energy they do with Deadpool, that does feel like the right idea for trying yeah. to keep these things going, but. I mean, I think I think here's the problem. I, I think it's it's fundamentally trying to find an a, a, an identity for this franchise minus Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and if Jack Sparrow exists in this world, then is this going to be like the Bourne Legacy? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, let's see if they get uh, what's his name, Jeremy Renner. Get Jeremy Renner. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, why do I keep doing this to myself? <laughs> That's how the movie starts. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean it's you know that's the that's kind of the problem is if you reboot it you're just you're you're like you're undoing everything that was done. Yeah. But if you don't reboot it then it's like well Jack Sparrow is the one we want to be following. Yep. To some extent this is the problem with 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 any any long running franchise which is why I'm like why not just let things end. <sighs> Well, I mean, what did the last one do? Did it do pretty well? I mean, it. I remember the one before it that people were sort of sour on, the fourth one. That one made over a billion dollars. So five was so, always so, going to happen. So so number four made almost $800 uh, million worldwide. Oh, well, I thought it was. Okay. So it wasn't a flop. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that you know, that's, that's, that's uh, FU money, you know? Mm-hmm. Wait, that was four or five? Uh, number five. Five, holy cow! Okay, yeah. so I mean, I, I get it, I get it. Uh, yeah, but but I mean, it's still a drop from the fourth one. Like you made enough that you didn't embarrass yourself. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why not just be like, hey, we went out with our boots on, you know? I I agree, I agree. I don't know. Like create something new. Come on, Disney. <laughs> You're talking to the wrong company, man. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> hey, this year we're getting Lion King, Aladdin, and Dumbo from. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're also getting Star Wars Episode Nine based on the music I'm hearing right now. Oh, yes. Man, so much going on, actually, this week. You know, sometimes we're, like, looking for something to talk yeah. about, but there's a lot going on here. Well, first of all, Episode Nine, shooting is wrapped. Yeah, kind of crazy. 
Yeah, you know, you know I saw J.J. Abrams posted a picture where it's like, a, 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 I was going to say Finn, Ray, and Poe, but, the, you know, the actors, they're all hugging. Boyega, and, Ridley, and Isaac. Thank you. Uh, and they're all hugging, and he's like, you know, we've wrapped, whatever. And I was like, you know, when you really think about it, it's like, less than 10 years ago, the notion of mm. a sequel Star Wars trilogy existing was, it wasn't even like, it was just not even on our radars. Yeah, right. that, yeah. There was a, even a possibility. It was, yeah, and then now it's like we're it's almost done. The sequel yeah. Star Wars trilogy is almost done. Kind of crazy when you think about it. Super crazy. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. Seeing that picture and thinking that they have just gone through. I mean, because for a lot of our lives, we grew up with only three movies. Like that was a complete saga, and just this whole other saga is now shot. Yeah, it's just weird to wrap our head around. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, but, uh, you know, still no title. I heard some rumor. I'm sure we've all heard rumors. But that uh, trailer's coming in April, I guess. For Celebration. Avengers. But uh, some people also think it'll come at Celebration. That makes more sense to me. Um, Yeah, anyway. But uh, speaking of uh, running Star Wars into the ground from earlier, (laughs) uh, you want Star Wars TV shows, Zachy? I got you Star Wars TV shows. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) They just will not. They're coming fast and furious. Um do you remember, by the way, several years ago when Lucas still owned Lucasfilm, he kept teasing this sort of dark, yeah, I think it's know, called in Underworld? the shadows. I'm sorry? I think it's called Underworld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was sort of like the operatives on the ground mm-hmm. in the dingy parts of the galaxy, you yep. know, spies, networks, and things like that. And it was, uh, kept saying, yeah, we got all the scripts. Scripts are written. Like, we're done. And yep. you know, we're trying to sell to HBO, but it's too expensive. And uh, but I, I, I kept thinking, man, I'd give anything to see a Star Wars TV show. Well, that <laughs> that Brian could see what's coming. Uh, Disney Plus is, I would say, doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on on Star Wars TV. We got not Boba Fett coming up. Not uh, Man- <laughs> Mandalorian. So no that Boba Fett. Uh, no Boba Fett. <laughs> that's coming. Uh, they just wrapped on that too. I think I just saw. So that's like John ten Favreau episodes. Something. Yeah. Yeah, which uh, I'm I'm into that one. I know people are a little skeptical, but I I don't know. It seems cool. Well, to and... me, the the fact that that is like the first thing we're getting, you know, between Jedi and and uh, the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. That's what's interesting to me. Like we, that's that's ground that's so rich that nobody's willing to 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 till. You know. Yeah, and from a, a great filmmaker, John yeah. Favreau. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just feel like we're going to get something at the very least interesting from him. Hopefully that won't feel like, uh, just recycled material. Yeah. Um, then we also have Rogue One, uh, I'm calling it Rogue One Tatooine Nights. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, Cassian, is that his name? Yeah. Uh, Cassian Diego Luna, Hitler. it's going to be following his character, which actually sounds a lot like that show Lucas was teasing. Sort of the, the yeah, darker elements of call. the rebellion. I didn't think about that. That's a good call. Uh, I wonder if they poured over some of that stuff and got inspired. I don't know. Well, I, you know, I, I, I like, I liked the character, uh, and I yeah. think, I think Diego Luna is also a very charismatic presence. So, I, I see, I, I see this as like a, th- it has potential. I agree. I agree. I think there's something to that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then the, uh, I think there's a few others, and these, who knows? People could just be saying stuff. But the one that is gaining traction today. 
was an Obi-Wan Kenobi limited series. I saw that, yeah. Which is interesting because we all thought this was going to be a movie. I mean, well, it's I'm well sure documented. Disney thought it would be a movie too. <laughs> well, Ewan McGregor is, you know, on record saying that he is, would love to do this character again. Yeah. Um, so we're all been waiting for the news of the movie, and I wonder if they've been delaying it for this announcement. See, really, they... I, it felt to me like a course course change. Uh, how so? Or like, what do you mean? Like after Solo? Oh yes, they're they're not gonna do those spinoff movies anymore. I am sure this is a result of that. Yes, um, and it, I think from what I read, they're thinking like a six episode series, so not even. Hey, do it. I do. I, if it's four and that's the best version, make it four. I don't care. Like, yeah. do the best version of this. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't waste. I mean, this is the one thing of Star Wars people aren't tired of yet. <laughs> and you've got Ewan McGregor, like, ready and willing and able. Like, come on, man. It's it's interesting because <laughs> because I've been blows. hearing I've been hearing rumors about a Rose Tico series. I saw that too. Yeah. And I'm like, look, I like Rose, but let's be real, like. That, that and I was like, can you please not put that poor actress through anymore? I, right, that was my exact thought. I was like, that's brutal because <laughs> I don't know if yeah. she would even want to do that. And then I saw something about about a Donald Glover Lando series. I mean, that'd be nice, but that feels a little bit more like in your dreams, like a pie in the sky. Well, I was, I mean, because 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 Donald Glover is hard to hard to nail down these days. Just way, way, way too busy. And I wonder if he would even. He seems like he's only following his passions these days and mm. i wonder how passionate he would feel about doing a star wars series that's kind of interesting i mean you know the one thing i can say about all these disney plus series is like disney is not skimping on on the dinero to get people to be in them <clears throat> yeah this this disney plus thing is gonna be a really interesting yeah i mean i mean clearly if they're i mean they're on the marvel side if they're like tom hiddleston no problem you know sebastian stan <laughs> yeah. whatever you know like clearly yeah. They they're they're backing up the 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 Brinks trucks to these people, right? Right. So my point is, if Childish Gambino is like, give me this much money, I think Disney will pay him. Is my point. That's true. And if he wants to, I mean, I don't know how easy these things are coming to him, but if he wants to make more series like Atlanta, sure, you know, like fund his passion projects with this Star Wars money, I could see him. Yeah, that's a good looking point. Looking at it that way, I you know I I would love to see. The Han Solo story continue through this way. Oh man, I'd be so happy. You know, yeah, I would love that. I, I I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I genuinely feel bad for Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah, yeah. Because he will, through no fault of his own, be the guy who is blamed for like the first Star Wars flop. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, that's a bummer. <clears throat> I saw the uh, Writers Guild Awards were mm-hmm. uh, the other day, and I guess Ron Howard for some reason was like front and center. He was like the first person that everybody saw uh-huh. when they claimed their award. So a lot of people sort of like acknowledged him or like, "Oh, hey, Ron Howard," you know. <laughs> and I was thinking if I was up there, I'd be like, "I like Solo Man," <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for him too. You know, it's like he's probably loved Star Wars all his life. He makes the movie, and that's the one. That's the flop. Yeah, yeah. I, I started following him on Instagram when he was doing solo, and I still do. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just seems like such a nice, he really does, amiable guy. Yeah, yeah. Do you now? Here's my question: do you, Because uh, you know we're talking about episode nine, and and I'm sure you can attest to this. I I'm not feeling the same sense of anticipation for it. 
than I was for the other Star Wars movies. Not not in me. I mean, just sort of in society in general. Yeah. yeah. No, I think people are uh, tired. So you know, and they need to. I, the distance, I think, is going to benefit it. Of course. Well, this is my question. Do you think Episode Nine potentially flops? Flop? No, but I don't think it'll. I think it will perform less than the others. Hmm. See, I think I was... some people might not turn up. You know, people. I, I, people used to say that. You know, that was sort of the joke in the uh, the comment section where they they would say, you know, these fanboys would hate on something and they're like, yeah, well, you're not going to show up. It's like, of course you're going to show up. Right. But I think with Solo, it was like, oh, they might not show up. <laughs> right. You know, if this, if you turn a fan base off. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I could see some people holding fast to that and not showing up, but I think. I think enough people are going to come to make it be successful, but I don't think it's going to be the f- world event that the others had mm. been. Isn't that a shame, though? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, you know, I, I posted this on social uh, last week, and I ended up taking a lot of grief for it, which I didn't, I didn't realize it was a controversial thing. I was like, I was like, I like the sequels, but I think that George Lucas kind of got. It did dirty a little bit because Disney should have used his treatments. Oh, I saw that. I For, saw that you posted that, yeah. And and my only point was I was like I was like it should even if it's just a sliver of an idea, it should have still been you know, it should have been George Lucas. He should be the guy who closes out the saga. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I I don't know what they are, but yeah, I mean he I mean we've we've spoken these points before but when you really look at the history of star wars and the thing with the prequels was we didn't like his ideas because they were his raw ideas and they didn't go it was was execution more than ideas well that's what i mean like with the original trilogy he had these really raw ideas and he had a lot of really sharp invested people refining them with him and then the prequels, they didn't get sharpened or refined. They were just sort of his raw ideas. And they were good ideas. It's just so the execution was a little rough for some. And so I think, yeah, if he could, I would be curious then to see if he had this whole nine-episode story mapped out, I would like to see smart people working alongside him to continue with what worked with the original trilogy, refine them, hone in on those ideas. And then, yeah, I'm curious what his whole arc was yeah i mean that that's my that that was my point i'm like obviously you know you would hand it off to somebody and kind of you know you you get your lawrence kasdins and you get your jj abrams whatever but you you build off of sort of the skeleton of whatever george lucas had in mind and it seems a shame to me that basically disney you know bob Iger read his treatment and they're like yeah you know i think we're good you know Right, right, right. And and we read, you know, we he talked about it like, oh, we journey into the history of the midichlorians or whatever the hell. Which, admittedly, you hear that and you're like, oh, making it hard <laughs> to defend you, George. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know? But you have to imagine that there was more to it than that. Is kind of my point. I I agree, and I th- I think we both say this as fans of his. You know, I think some people have lost their uh, affections. A bit, but I think we're always going to be pulling for the guy. Not that he needs us pulling for him, but you know what I mean. Like it, we, it's it's something you know. It, when when we talk about Star Wars, I, I was I was thinking about 
just the other day by chance you know in in my car i have like a john williams playlist on my on my phone you know and so it was it was a piece of music from return of the jedi and just came up and and i had such like a sensory overload Hmm. sort of experience listening to that music you know Mm -hmm. it's just every note of that music means something to you Mm -hmm. right and i and and as i was listening to that i was like you know to me that's what Star Wars will always be. It'll be about how those three movies made me feel, mm-hmm. make me feel still. And that's never going to change. Yeah. Right. And, and so in a way, like knowing that it's almost comforting. You're like, well, I don't need anything else to make me feel like those movies because I will always have those movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm fine with them doing whatever they do. You know, I know people online get all pissed off about that stuff, but I'm I am like, you know, Star Wars is going to continue now into the horizon forever and it seems a shame that George Lucas doesn't didn't get won't get that last chance to say whatever he had to say about his creation. Yeah. And he, and he can dry his tears. He did have something. He can dry his tears on his 4 billion dollars. So <laughs> Yes, that's true. Clear. But you know what I mean? No, I agree. I I would be curious to know what he had in mind. Yeah. What did he want to do with Luke? What did he want to do with those other guys? Exactly. You I, know? I'm curious. Yeah. I hope someday we'll know. I expect we will at some point, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is one one little piece of news that I wanted to share with you. I found it interesting. Anyway, th- this uh, past weekend was Toy Fair 2019 in, mm. in New York, and so all the various uh, new toy lines and things are coming out. And first of all, uh, this year marks the 20th anniversary of of the Phantom Menace. So to wow. commemorate, there is now from Kenner or from Hasbro, excuse me, a line of commemorative Phantom Menace figures in replica packaging that looks like the Episode One figures, you know, when they first came out. Wow! And I texted you earlier. I'm like, man, we're officially like old enough now where <laughs> where they're doing the retro of the thing that. Was like came out when thing. we were already like adults. <laughs> we <were> adults right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's kind of neat. And I, I got to be honest, I look, I looked at that Darth Maul, you know, on the card, and I'm like, I think I need that. <laughs> I think I might need to get that. He's uh, but still that, a badass design. It it really is. Uh, and then they also have this series of retro figures coming out. I this saw is, that. Yeah. And this is kind of interesting. They've never done this. They've done over the years vintage style figures where they're new figures, new sculpts on replica cards from like, you know, the original Star Wars toys from when we were kids mm-hmm. with the picture, you know, and the kind of the movie logo. And so now they're taking that to the next level and they're actually issuing re-sculpts, not re-sculpts, re-casts of, the, of those first Star Wars figures. From like seventy eight or whatever, right? Exactly, right. The yeah. the ones that came, you know, with the mail order thing or whatever. Except now they're on the card, um, and 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 they're on vintage style packaging. And again, I look at this stuff, and first of all, I'm like, well, I I, I need to own that. I I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't realize how empty my life was until I saw this thing that didn't exist yeah. until a few a few months ago. Um, but the other interesting thing to me is just it indicates how the toy market has sort of fractured in these different directions. Mm, I had a thought on this a little bit too. What, 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 I'm curious what you're thinking. Well, I mean, I, I think uh, the fact that these toys are coming into existence, and I think they're going to be like Target exclusives, but it's like they're aimed at collectors, clearly. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not even attempting to, like no kid today is going to want to play with those. 
Right. Right. And to me, that's kind of interesting is that that's where we're at now. Even with something as mass appeal as Star Wars, where now they really are targeting these niches. Yeah. I Very similar. Someone had told me like a year ago or something that they, uh, they were having a hard time pushing Star Wars toys mm. on the new generation. And so when I saw this, the first thing I thought was, oh, they're like figuring out how to lean back into their bread and butter, which is... People the classic characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the, yeah, the collectors and the people who love the nostalgic stuff. So, I mean, well, that's kind of the thing. When you look at the new batch of movies, you've got other than, other than your like three main characters and Kylo Ren. So Poe, Ray, Finn, Kylo, there's no one else that really people care to own. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And and when you compare that with, like, uh, you know, Return of the Jedi, for example, where every single character you could think of was given a, an action figure, practically. Rancor Keeper, for goodness sake. Right. <laughs> right? The much maligned Rancor Keeper. It's like, I mean, something's happening. There's a disturbance in the force here. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, m- maybe I'm being an alarmist, but it feels to me like... S- something's happening with Star Wars. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it is. There's something happening here. What it is, not exactly clear. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> you, you, you got me there. We need to play that music in the background. Now. <laughs> it's interesting, though. Anyway, just a thought. Yeah. Yeah. But but I will be buying those retro figures. They will be mine. Oh, yes. Yeah. So so be, yes. uh, why don't we take a break, and I'm, I'll map out the scenarios where I can acquire those toys. <laughs> It's good. And we're back. And James Cameron is back in theaters alongside Robert Rodriguez. Uh, the movie is Alita Battle Angel. You've seen it, right, Brian? I did, yeah. You saw an early screening. Or you saw I it did. Like, you saw it like opening night. I feel very fortunate. I got to see a humongous IMAX 3D extravaganza version of it. That that is the way to watch this movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was it was very cool. I I'd, I'd heard that before I saw it that uh 3D was the way to go and normally I I, I don't care. Sure. <laughs> Even if people tell me that, but I was like, yeah, I kind of believe you on this one. So so this uh it it opened uh, this past weekend. It's it's made 42 million dollars so far on a budget of 170 million. Mhm. Uh, so, so that that's a not bad opening. Yeah, I'm sure they're hoping for a little bit more, but I mean, but it's already made like a hundred million worldwide, like foreign outside the U.S. So, I mean, I can imagine worldwide this is probably gonna do really well. Yes. So this is a, this is an interesting one. It, it it has been sort of fascinating to see James Cameron just everywhere. Yeah, uh, being the face of this movie, whereas Robert Rodriguez, I have not seen him like anywhere. <laughs> That is a very good point. I it, it's funny it didn't even occur to me, but you're right. I don't think I've seen like one thing with him in it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but I read a thing with Jim Jim Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Um, where he said, you know, up until a point, obviously they collaborated, and he wrote like a hundred and sixty page script of this. Like he he's been wanting to make this movie for like two decades at this yeah, point. Yeah, for a while. Like early two thousands, he acquired the rights. Yeah, so he had a, a script, and he gave it to Rodriguez, and Rodriguez was like, uh, let me cut this down. Sure. So basically what he did was he cut down a James Cameron script, and I think he added 
you know, I'm sure he put his own little flavor in there. But then when it came time to make the film, apparently Cameron stepped back, uh, you know, being like, well, you know, respect a director, respecting a director and saying, well, now this is your movie and I'm not going to push you one way or the other. So it's interesting that, yeah, we're not hearing much from Rodriguez. That's, I mean, I, I would assume it's because James Cameron is more of a marquee name. Like if you, when yeah. you look at, when you look at who's in this thing, none of them is like a huge, a huge name. That's a good point. And I mean, yeah, Cameron's got what the two highest grossing films of all time. Yeah. So. I mean, <laughs> there are few behind the scenes people who are known the way James Cameron is known. Yes. Uh, so, so, so the movie itself is, uh, I, I think, in my opinion, it is it is a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I leaned mixed to negative, uh, but I could have leaned mixed to positive without too much effort. I think I think there's a lot to like. Uh, I you know um, I think the special effects are amazing. Mm-hmm. I think Rosa Salazar in the lead role is is tremendous. Agreed. Uh, the story itself, and it's James Cameron and and Lita Calagritis, uh who wrote it. The story just didn't do much for me. I don't like, I didn't think it was bad. It just didn't sort of connect with me the way I would have liked, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I ended up notching it slightly down. But I'm, I'm curious. I mean, what, what, what did you think? I am pretty close to you, but I'm, I lean a little bit more positive. Sure. But I'm still somewhere in the middle with you um, for the exact same reasons. I mean, uh, yeah, Rosa Salazar is incredible. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, I, I want uh, her mixed with her animators. Because yeah, that point, character, yeah. Alita, I mean, the whole movie depends on you being on board with her for several reasons. One, I mean, as a as the hero, but also just believing she exists because she's completely computer generated. Um, And I think yeah. what they pulled off was incredible. I mean, there were moments where she would like wince or something and like just a little flicker of like her eye or like her mouth. Like it was the, the nuance and the details were incredible. And I, I, there was never a moment where I wasn't thinking of her as a person. But Brian, the other thought I had was, and this is partially because this afternoon, you know, I watched an interview with Rosa Salazar and I'm like, why not just make her look normal? Uh, Well, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the property it comes from the manga. So, I mean, maybe that's how she looks in there. Well, but that's just like a manga trope where you have characters with big eyes. I mean, that's just, that's like manga shorthand. Well, I'm not sure if her, like, being a synthetic person, if she had different traits than regular people in the drawings of that. But we see other synthetic people in the movie, right? Well, there's like the, the, there's like uh, Michelle Rodriguez, I guess. They made her eyes look bigger too, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, and she comes... Well, this will get into, I guess, spoilers eventually, but they tease her backstory that we don't get yes. to see too much of, unfortunately, and I wonder if there is something to her, whatever, her model right, or whatever she is. I right. Actually, I kind of dug it, and I think it was almost like a, an interesting cheat because, in a weird way, she's like a Disney character come to life. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and just to be clear, I didn't mind it at all. Like, it, I was yeah. totally fine with it. But I, it made me wonder. Like, I was like, she's very pretty in real life, and it seems a shame. Like, it's not her face. Not just use her real face. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's some. I mean, there's something kind of cool that she does stand apart from the humans that she's with. Yeah. 
it it didn't i don't know it didn't really bother me too much um it's, it's well i'll tell you because you and i both landed in the middle uh i i again <laughs> my review was basically a straight down the middle i mean i i i gave it a c plus but it could have been a b minus easily i mean it was just kind of you know that's where i was but i i need to share this this uh fan mail i got brian because brian i get the best fan mail <laughs> i i have the best fans yeah really let's do. Hear it. so this is an email i got yesterday morning uh, uh titled hey jackass <laughs> it's like that guy from uh Happy Gilmore, who's like taunting Happy while he's trying to, hey, jackass. <laughs> That's this, yeah. Hey, Zachy, why don't you get off your effing high horse and get your head out of your ass because it smells bad uh, and start. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to let that. That's why, That's why you should do it? Yeah. Okay. Be- because, yeah, exactly. Uh, and start reviewing and scoring movies that are actually good, like Alita. You don't deserve to watch movies. Effing asshole. That was the message. That was the message. All right. So, like, you know, good good talk. <laughs> yeah, good talk. I I would I'd be like, "Well, tell me why you liked it." Well, it's funny cuz <laughs> I I responded to the guy and I and I and I literally said, "Cool, good talk." Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then he responded by calling me an effing R-word uh Muslim. So, oh boy. All right. He's nice. Nice. Well, you you gave him. You know what? To your credit, you gave him a you gave him a chance. <laughs> and then he. But it, I found that response very fascinating because because to me, like it's it's weird how we're in this age where everyone has to choose up sides, right? And there's no room in the middle. And I think I think to me, Alita is like a middle movie, and I don't mean in the sense like it's just middling, but like it it was like fine. Like I I didn't dislike it i didn't hate it I yeah know. i think to give like my sort of complete sort of take on it i think she is a really uh engaging character and i really really liked her and i wanted to keep i wanted to see what her story was but i feel like she deserved a better story yes i or a better movie i well, I, it, I i think in terms of the other characters other than uh christoph waltz Yes. I, I didn't feel anything for any of them. Agreed. And I think the problem is it didn't occur. I mean, you couldn't know this till the movie is over. And I don't think this is a spoiler. But I didn't know anything about this manga when I watched it. And I said, you know what this feels like? This feels like they filmed like three issues of a comic book series that's 12 issues long. Yes. And then come to find out that's like literally what it is. Yeah. So, there's a lot of mystery that's teased. You know, you don't entirely know her story. She's sort of a Jason Bourne character where she doesn't know her past. Mm-hmm. And then you find out she's got all this skill as like a warrior. And, you know, you look at some of the best trilogies, even if you're going to set up a sequel, right? Like Back to the Future, Star Wars, The Matrix. The first movies are complete stories, huh. right? Terminator, like it's a complete story. Yeah. And then you find a way to build on it right and i feel like this movie is not a complete story and and that that is where i feel like i land somewhere in the middle because as much as i liked her and i was like cool like like the first act i was really into this like i liked the relationship with her and christoph waltz and i enjoyed her figuring this stuff out and i thought the fight the action in this movie is really good yes um to rodriguez's credit like he 
I feel like we're coming back around where we're going to we're stop doing that shaky incomprehensible thing. <laughs> and this is like really well choreographed, real well shot action. I, it's comprehensible know, and thrilling. I, well, and, and, and to your point, Ryan, I mean, I think and I said this in my review, I think there's a unique alchemy that happens when you take the guy who's known for blowing the biggest budgets in history even bigger. <laughs> yeah. And the guy who's known for being able to do amazing things with like a dollar fifty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, you put them together, you're going to get something interesting. And we agreed. Do, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to, to your point, I mean, this is the problem: is like you're you're talking about uh, on, on the technical side, or on you know something that, that's visually interesting, but uh, in in narrative terms and in, in character terms, I'm I I was just left being like just still like still searching, you know. No, I agree. Again, because I think the first half really worked for me. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, imagine this is almost like a Netflix series. And they're just showing you like the first two or three episodes and calling it a movie. Yes. And it's like, well, a lot of times when you binge a series like that, people are like, well, I gave up at three. And like, no, you got to get to four. Mm. I'm like, well, you need to give me four in this one, too. That's very well said. You know, there was a lot of cool stuff teased. but. Um, so I, when it ended, I, I was totally shocked that it was ending. You, you're right. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. But th- that said, if people are interested in it, I would say still go check it out because it's a cool, it is a cool theatrical experience. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's just the story isn't as good as I feel as it, it could have been. You know, like that's why it's a mixed bag. Like there's, there's stuff to it, like about it. It, but. it is. Yeah, I, I. I, I agree with you. I, I, it's just, it's not something for me that like, I'm, I'm not in a hurry to rewatch this movie. No, I agree. And I, I don't know that I will, to be honest. Yeah. But if they did put out a sequel, I would go see it. I'd be interested. I'm, I'm very yeah. curious if we'll get a sequel. I, yeah. At this point, I don't know. You know, I mean, it, it's a coin toss. I would hope so. I mean, I hope the people who enjoyed this movie get the sequel because it seems unfair to them not to. Yeah. You know, uh, do do we want to talk some spoilers? Sure. All right. Spoilers. So f- first of all, Brian, how charming is Christoph Waltz? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you just can't help but like the guy. It's funny too because he can play like these evil people, right? Yeah. And then he, he has this sort of menacing glee. But then <laughs> right. when he plays like a kind-hearted person, he has a different sort of glee. He, he, he does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he's great in this. He, he, was, he was really good in this. Uh, but, I mean, again, out, out of all the non-Alita characters, he was the only one I liked. Uh, I thought I thought uh, uh, Sheeran, you know, the, the ex-wife who's played by Jennifer Connelly, she's just kind of – like I didn't I – didn't, there was no – she was a cipher. Uh, agreed, and it's too bad because I was at first curious about their story. Yes, you know because well, I, oh no, we're in spoilers now. Uh, yeah, because they were married, right. uh, Christoph Waltz and Jennifer Connelly, and you know they have this tragedy with their daughter, and I'm like, I don't know. I just I wanted more, and it was just all kind of set up and no payoff. Yeah, and and I mean, the idea is supposed to be that 
like what we see constantly is that Alita, you know, she's more human than any of us. I mean, you know, it's pretty, <laughs> this isn't exactly inventing new, new ground here. It's pretty stodgy stuff. It's the, it's the artificial person who's the most real of all, you know? Yeah. And so she teaches every, everyone she encounters becomes more human because of her. Right. Right. So we have, she loves completely. Exactly. Right. Yes. Exactly. So, 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 you know, uh, Sheeran, like, you know, she's cut off because of what happened to her daughter. And then she, like, finds her humanity because of Alita. And she ends up sacrificing her life because of what she believes in or whatever. whatever. And becomes literally a brain and eyeballs in a box. Which was messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't want to see that. <laughs> right? Yeah, that was like... Uh... Almost like Watchmen esque sort of bonkersness. That was disturbing, but but the other thing is that even like that didn't have the kick that it should have. Agreed. Right. Agreed. And and I think to me because her turn, her face turn, if you will, kind of just comes out of nowhere. Like we don't understand what the mo because essentially, uh, you know, she she helps her she helps Alita save the the her boyfriend's life or whatever and yep. she's essentially like by saving him she's you know letting Alita go whatever but but the the character the the movement of the character didn't didn't ring true to me because we, it's just it feels like a lot of stuff got left out I agree I right? agree and and yeah. the fact that she was married to Christoph Waltz and then now she's like the concubine of of Marshal Ali. <laughs> yes, she's like wearing all like you know like lingerie and stuff. Yeah, it's it's so. I was weird. like, what is happening? <laughs> it, right, exactly. I'm like, yeah. I don't know how we ended up from there to there. Like, what's the what what happened? And what is her motivation? I don't I don't understand because she's trying to get back to the Sky City. Yes. And then she's like, no, I don't want to go back. But why? Yeah. Like what what. Why? I mean, I get it that okay, Alita inspired you, but but how did she get you to the place where that's what you're saying? I don't understand that. Yeah, right. And I think I think that's it. I think that's there's something interesting there. Yeah. So like, I I did like what it set up. I just wish it had knocked it down better. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. yeah, I'm totally I'm totally on the same page with you. I I think I had f- I did have fun with it though. Like there. Yeah, I think I mean, that's, never that that went a long way for me. Yeah, um, the fun that I had, um, though I when it ended and immediately when it was over, I was like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I kind of had that feeling. But when I think back on it, I just sort of more remember sort of the fun. By the, the fights way, that, in the motorball. That, that is Edward Norton at the end, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that's like a weird was... thing. Like they just set up. Oh, next movie, Edward Norton. Yeah. <laughs> Pony up if you want to see Edward Norton with his frosted hair. Yeah. Um, the the other thing that, uh, and this is admittedly just me, I'm talking about the effects, but the the effects at the end with uh, the boyfriend, Hugo. Yes. Where he's like robot boy. Yes. It looked really goofy. Uh, I actually don't remember. It, it took me right out of it. I was like, I can't take that seriously. It looks ridiculous. Yeah, oh, that's so funny. so you have the moment where like you go for, first of all, it's a little bit like okay, we went through all this just for this idiot to like get himself killed, right? Agreed, agreed. Which again, I was like, I see this moment, I get what you're doing. Yes, but it didn't get us there. So he's trying to climb up the 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 you know the the pneumatic tubes that go up to the sky city, 
And then, you know, there's like the the defensive things that basically keep people from doing that. So he's basically been cut up into nothing. He's like a head and a torso. Uh-huh. And and Alita's like trying to hang on to him and then and then he just falls into the abyss. So it's just this head and this torso. And it looked hilarious. <laughs> Like I couldn't take it seriously. Now that's that might be my fault because I believe you know love is dead. So I just (laughs) (laughs) but I'm just like I can't. It's it's just you just see this head like flapping around and this little this little armless robot body. (laughs) Thank you, Alita. You know. Yeah, you're more human than human. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) shouting the theme again. You love completely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's again. That's one of those things where, to some extent, you have to roll with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's the thing. The, the movie ends, and it's it it is an incomplete movie. Yes. I mean, it's brought us to you know the end of uh, you know a, a, a chapter, but not the story. Yes. And I think that's the fundamental problem: is that there needed to be more of a sense of completeness. And I, I don't know how you get there. I, I, I think it, this goes to what you were saying earlier, where it's like, you know, it, 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 it needs to be able to exist on its own. Like, like, you know, the matrix or whatever. Where. Yeah. Well, I mean, like what, what was her stuff. goal of this movie? Like, I mean, if it was, even if it was like, think of like the death star or something, if there was some sort of threat, or or weapon that was in that sky city that was aimed down that was gonna blow up everybody and then she stops the weapon but it's only the beginning yeah you know you thought yeah. that the weapon was gonna stop them but and then you get your sequel but there was no ultimate goal like that well I mean the problem is is the is Zalem that's the, that's the sky city's name it it's a presence in the story but it it has no it, it's not. It's not, you know, tied in with the story. Yeah, it's still a big mystery at this point. Yeah. But it's we like, know people want to go there, and she apparently is from there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, that that's the thing. It's like, when this movie ends, shouldn't there be some completeness to the experience? And I don't feel like we got that. No, I entirely agree with that, yeah. yeah. So that's, it's like, all right, well, maybe there's a sequel, maybe there's not. Uh, honestly, if I were a betting man, I would say there probably won't be a sequel. That'd be my guess, too, unless it was way scaled back. Yeah. I mean, I guess, well, this is going to be a Disney property shortly. Ah. So uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah. But, but that's, I mean, that's what, uh, had there been more of a culminative aspect of it, uh, my, my grade would have been higher. Um, yeah. But yeah. that's that's why, and, and it's, to me, it's not a thumbs down, but I don't know if it's a thumbs up either. It's kind of, I'm just like, eh, like <laughs> That's where I'm at, you know? I think under certain specific circumstances, it is absolutely worth watching. Uh, primarily, IMAX 3D, you're going to get an experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James Cameron is out there stumping for it. He wasn't wrong. He's like, mm-hmm. watch it this way. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. You know? So that's yeah, me with I think With you, you're like, eh. I'm sort of like a, eh. eh. <laughs> like, it's just like a little higher pitched. um it's it's a it's a fun big thing you know and yeah the 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 lack of completeness at the end is a big bummer but uh you know i think if you have if if you're curious if you should go or not you don't know then you're probably fine but like if you're like "Ah, i thought it looked kind of cool i'm like well yeah i'd say check it out yeah 
I, I think that's probably where I would fall if I had to recommend it. Uh, you know, I, I agree with that. Um, so, okay, so it sounds like that's pretty much wrapped up. I have one thing I want to bring up that I forgot. I thought about this from our last show, and it's okay. so, somewhat related. Okay. We were talking about the Hobbs and Shaw trailer mm-hmm. and how it's now they've somehow graduated into becoming like superheroes because yes. of the physics-defying things they can do. So I thought about this during and, the And science-defying. Science-defying. Yeah. Uh, so I was, uh, Terminator 2 was on, and of course I stopped and watched it. Naturally. And when the helicopter is flying under the overpass of the freeway, mm-hmm. and then smashes into the back of the van and tumbles over, I was like, holy cow. Like, they really <laughs> did that. Right. And then I thought, this is the greatest action movie ever made. And then I thought, will there ever be another greatest action movie ever made? Like, because <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw being so cartoonish is almost the natural progression of the action film because of what we can do now with computers. Hmm. So, I mean, if we had had this technology back in the 80s, I mean, who knows what Commando would have looked like? Sure. Or Predator. Or, you know what I mean? Or So it's it's sort of like they've become these sort of cartoons, varying degrees of cartoons, these action films now. And is that just a sign of the times and we're not going back? That's a great question. I think, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, the reality is that this is where we're at, you know? I mean, I think, I think you and I sort of long for the days of practical effects and that sort of thing. And kids today don't know what that is. And I wonder, I actually, when I said the uh, best action film of all time, I, th- I still somewhat stand by that. But I think the only thing to rival it in recent years, 10, maybe in 15 years, is Mad Max. Uh, sure, yeah. Which is another movie that went balls out. Yeah. And with some CG assistance, basically did some bonkers practical action that was insane. Yeah. So it's, I mean, yes, to us, I think people really going out there and really, you know, risking it all that's true spectacle um you know people hovering over a fan on green screen isn't like real spectacle um even though it can be a lot of fun yes but i just uh, yeah i i was sort of i know this is like 10 thoughts at once but with the hobbs and shaw thing coming off as a cartoon i was like yes it does look like a cartoon but is that just what we're doing now well clearly i mean certainly when you look at dwayne johnson's output i mean we just talked about skyscraper a couple of episodes ago yeah and fast and the furious has gotten that way now with submarines and yeah right so i mean i i think we just live in an age where that's what is expected of this and it is disappointing because i mean i can't it's hard to think of like a cgi assisted stunt where it leaves you breathless you know which is why mission impossible worked on us so much yeah because it did leave us breathless because those were Real, you know, risk-taking sort of uh, yeah. stunts, true stunts. I mean, I mean, even even if it's a stunt man, you can appreciate the reality of a human being doing something really stupid that they shouldn't be doing that looks amazing. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think, excuse me, with uh, with Mad Max again. I mean, clearly there was some assistance and safety measures and and whatnot handled with computers, um, as it should be. Right, but just knowing that they really went to a desert and like had these people on these crazy wobbly poles jumping from car to car. I mean, there's something about that that actually takes your breath away. Yeah, and 
as movies move further and further away from that, I wonder if action movies are ever going to really, will there be another greatest action movie to add to the canon or will they'll just be like a cool Hobbs and Shaw four? Well, let's see what happens with Terminator six later this year. That's true. Yeah. I'll be very curious. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Uh, that, that is a conversation that I guess we'll just have to put a pin in and come back to. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for indulging me. Yeah. I actually was thinking about that during this week. I was like, I want to talk about this with Zeki. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think, I think you raise a good point. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but that wraps up our Alita Battle Angel conversation. Let's see if there, if that conversation ever will continue. I guess that's that that also <laughs> is something we'll have to put a pin in. Mm-hmm. But uh, as we wrap things up, I wanted to very quickly uh, say thank you to everybody who's reached out uh, and and offered uh, their you know kind thoughts and and concerns because in our last episode I mentioned that I'm dealing with with uh, this Bell's palsy and I, I again I'm I'm so humbled and honored by all the kind thoughts that people have sent and really it, it's overwhelming and I just want to let everyone know that I'm I'm on the mend I'm 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 working uh, my face is still. Uh, not moving the way it should, mm. but uh, I'm I'm working hard trying to to make that happen and and uh, hopefully before too long it'll be you know working the way it's supposed to. <laughs> yeah, well, if you don't mind me asking, because you mentioned it in the last episode, I mean, how is that going? Where you said you had to put a little more thought into some of the movements, even sort of like blinking. I mean, yeah. how is that? It, how's well, that it, been? it it uh, you know it, it's it's. Um, you know, just the act of, of smiling is something where you're you're having to. It's like pushing your face hmm. to move, and you know, you're you're um, it's it, you're you're trying to bend a spoon with your mind. You know? hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so that is different, and and it's you know, it's funny. I I I, um, I was in class last week, and I was just mentioning to my students because they they got to look at me, and they're probably like, "What the hell's going on?" So I sort of explained to them what's what's happening, and one of my students was like, "You know, you you seem very like good humored about everything that's going on." Because I was kind of joking about the whole thing, and I said, "Well, I'm I'm in it, whether I like it or not. Mm. I'm in it, whether I'm pissed off or not. Mm-hmm. So I might as well." not be pissed off because what's the point right or i might as well not be frustrated because what's the point i might as well just try to understand it and and hopefully on the flip side of it i'm i've learned something about myself and about life and you know uh and and so that you know this whole process i'm kind of like well can't move 50 percent of my face that sucks Mm -hmm. but i'd rather this than not being able to move 100 percent of my face yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. Well, I think I remember that even last week. Yeah, you were you're so incredibly. Uh, I don't want to say upbeat, but just you had a really positive outlook on it all, it, in spite of everything. It, good humored, I guess, is the best way to say it. But yeah, I, I was really. I don't know. Easier said than done, but you're doing it. Well, and thank that's you. Something to admire. So it's it's still not where it needs to be, but. Uh, I feel like uh, I'm hopefully on the mend, so so we'll see what happens. I mean, I think I think um, my ability to vocalize and verbalize has improved, mm-hmm. 
so that's that's important. So it really is just a matter of uh, the the hardest thing is that like my my left eye it doesn't blink, so it's like uh, you know it's it's uh, irritated because. I have to like force it to blink. And so it's, hmm. that, that's, uh, that's been a challenge, but what do you do? Yeah. You know, so again, just thanks. Thanks to everybody who's, who's really, I've been, I've gotten so many messages from people, really kind messages from, uh, you know, on Twitter, I mean, you name it. It's really humbling. It's a little embarrassing to be honest. Cause I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be, you know, the center of attention like that, but it's, it's, sure. it's very kind. Um, yeah. And and also, uh, I, I want to mention that uh, new episodes of Puppy Dog Pals are airing, Brian. <laughs> That's, this is true. This the, is true. The Brian Hall catalog has begun to air. My my son, my my five year old, watches that show. Oh, that's great! And and oh, I should mention this. this. See, this is again. This is how well we know each other. Uh, the, there was an episode that was on, and I was like sitting here on my phone while while he was watching. And it's it, one of the puppies says, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna find that with my with my puppy eye." He says, come on, puppy eye, old buddy, don't let me down. <laughs> now, I did not know this was a Brian Hall episode. <laughs> right. I suspected. So I just texted Brian. And, I, and for those of you who don't know, that is that is a line from Return of the Jedi where Lando says, come on, Han, old buddy, don't let me down. Mm-hmm. So I just texted Brian. I'm like, I just heard this line. Can I assume that's a reference to what I think it is? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to think I'm the one person who caught that reference. I, I hope so. I yeah. I yeah, I'd like uh, to believe if no one else. I know that I'm if the no one, one else. Yeah, I I I I love that it was caught. <laughs> so so uh, uh, the the and and it's funny because at the after after you texted me and said at the credits that, that was your episode, I was like, sweet, I got it. Yeah, uh, but but that should tell you my kid watches the show. He loves it. He watches. He, 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 every day he'll be like, "Can we watch Puppy Dog Pals?" So oh, I'm so glad. That's yeah. that's that's really great. I was like, you know, Uncle Brian makes this show. He's like, I know. <laughs> so he, he's he's not amused anymore. Yeah. Well, the novelty wore off. The, it wore off too quickly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so folks, you can check that out on Disney Junior. And then I'd uh, like to talk about something I've been uh, listening to, which is the Nostalgia Theater podcast, <laughs> where uh, my good buddy, Zaki Hassan, just spoke with... Uh, Fellow Planet of the Apes enthusiast, diehard fan, Dana Gould. That was and, such a blast for me. Oh, my gosh. And it was such an entertaining listen. I really enjoyed that episode a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I, I mean, what did a, it was so fun listening to you guys geek out. <laughs> I saw this damn cough from, like, before Christmas. I apologize. But um, you guys were talking about the novelization of one of the films, and you both almost cut each other off pointing out the fact that the still on the cover wasn't from that film, but the previous <laughs> one. And I just cracked up laughing. I was like, you guys found each other. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, uh yeah. I mean, it, you can, you can listen to that show to just hear what a, what a thrill it was for me. And yeah, that moment that you point out was a very surreal thing for me. Yeah. It's great to be able to throw out references and you don't have to explain the reference. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you shouted out the screening that you and I went to together. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that's right. And in, in he was, uh, yeah, he was on screen for a Q and A. That was yeah. So so Dana Gould does this thing where he dresses up as Maurice Evans as Doctor Zayas. 
<laughs> and it's it's really impressive. Yeah. And so we so when you and I went to see Planet of the Apes, this is twenty sixteen, uh they had like a Q and A and it was Ben Mankowitz and Dana Gould as as Doctor Zayas. I didn't know that was Dana Gould. Yeah. So I found out later. And so that's what led me down the primrose path to trying to get him on my show. Mm-hmm. And and I started off the show talking about the first time I ever saw him, which was when I was like twelve years old. Right. Was that on Ben Stiller or was uh, that? No, it was oh. it was a show called Comic Strip Live. Oh, okay. And he did stand up on it. And so I was like, I saw you do and you did this routine. He's like, Oh, I remember that routine. Oh. Oh, that's funny. And so, you know, it was it was like just kind of circular you know like the is it was, it was like a time warp personal time warp for me yeah well <clears throat> much like the uh, rocky series listening to that I've, i haven't seen all the planet of the apes movies uh it made me want to push through those well not push through them but you know what i mean like it made me want uh, to finish what? it off i am very curious uh what you would think of those films yeah yeah i've only <laughs> seen the first two that's right you watched oh. you watched beneath the planet of the apes mm-hmm. where the world blows up yeah, I got really excited because it was on Turner Classics or something, and I watched it, and I couldn't wait to text you and tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm very curious now because I think the third one is the best of the sequels. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'd be curious what you think of that. But anywho. Yeah. Sorry. We're, we're, this, this is like, like this, a, this is yeah. just us talking, not even realizing we're on mic. Uh, uh, in, in addition to, to the Nostalgia Theater Show, and thank you, Brian, for that plug. I appreciate it. Your check is in the mail. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, go to my website, zackiescorner.com, Z-A-K-I-S Corner. That's also my Twitter. That's also my Instagram. You can also find my full review of Alita, the one that prompted somebody to call me an effing a-hole. <laughs> it's on my website. Sold. <laughs> uh, and, of course, uh, we will be back in just a few short weeks with the next uh, regular show. We'll also be back soon with our commentary track for ben, uh, Bill and Ted. Oh, and, it's happening! It is happening. Excellent adventure! I'm excited. This this, this will be Zach and Brian's excellent adventure. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's coming up uh, in just a few short days, and then uh, hey, uh, Captain Marvel's coming out soon. So uh, summer season is is year round, basically. Yeah. Basically. So, uh, folks, please go to iTunes, leave a review, leave a star rating. Every little bit helps. Let us know what you think of the show. Hit like on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash moviefilmpodcast, or email us at moviefilmpodcast at gmail.com. On behalf of my partner, Brian Hall, my name is Aki Hassan. This has been Movie Film 166. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will catch you next time. Welcome, friends. It's the Movie Film Podcast. Okay.